morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, good to have you on the show this morning. Fantastic to be here. Aren't you just stoked? Like the sun is shining outside. The air is filled with smoke. Wow, you just really had to bring that down. I was like about to go on a moment about how good life is and how good God is, but now nah, it's like, oh, okay, Mr. Pessimist Lyle Southall over here, ruining everything. Guess what I'm thankful for this morning? What are you thankful for? Smoke. <laughs> Actually, okay. I'm not really. I shouldn't probably. Okay, so that was a bad thing for, to be thankful for, but, but, okay, every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> yep. And for me this morning, smoke had a silver lining. Okay. Yeah. It's a terrible thing, I know. But I'm driving into work and the moon is just coming over the horizon. Mm. And the moon is like double its size as it is when it just comes over the horizon and there's lots of moisture in the air. So it's a very uh, humid morning. There is mist and fog and lots of smoke. And so you've got this massive, enormous moon hanging just over the horizon and it is blood red. True. Because of the smoke. Yeah. It was quite spectacular. Mm-hmm. And if you missed it, you missed. You, you need to get up earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to find a silver lining to smoke, and I know there are very, very, very few silver linings to smoke, then that's probably mm-hmm. about the only one there is. Yeah. You know, the other... The Bible says to uh, be thankful in all things, so... Yeah, amen. Well, good attempt at trying to get out of that hole. This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Of course, I am incredibly grateful this morning for something that I think all people under 25 are grateful for, and that is instant food. Okay. <laughs> yes. This is uh, Lawson who uh, is has been proclaiming veganism yep. because it's going to be good for his health. Uh-huh. I'm just wondering what kind of instant food. Are you talking about apples and pears and... Uh, capsicums. Yeah, of course. Like that's instant food. You know, it, you know. Pick it, eat it. Eat it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Food that you don't have to cook is the best kind of food. Oh, I could not agree more. Amen. I absolutely could not agree. So you're going to go on an all raw diet? <laughs> That's not what I meant. Uh, but, but, yes, you, were, you were thinking of instant porridge and instant uh, noodles. <laughs> noodles and instant things that you're going to die from. This is Josh. Uh, Josh Garrels with Pilot Me.
Welcome back to Faith FM. We are continuing on with the show, uh, getting into some news now. But before we do, of course, we have to do a clue for the quiz. Indeed we do. So, are you ready? Bring it on. Are you ready, Lars? I'm always ready. I was born ready. Oh, here we go. Amen. (laughs) For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. What What does the Bible say? You know, I knew you in the womb. Anyways, who am I? I lived in the valley of Sarek. Okay, Ooh, the gears are turning. Mm. I think I'm. Ah, uh, you're really incorrect. Yeah. So, if you know who lives in the Valley of Sarek, of course, you have more clues coming up after this that might make it a little bit more clear. But you can give us a call right now on one eight hundred three two four eight four three and win a prize completely. For free. Also, you can text us on 0491064669. And uh, yeah, just get in, get this prize. I have so many prizes sitting beside me. I don't know which one to pick. I'm like, all these look amazing. You know, I'm gonna push. I'm gonna pick this book here. It's called The Christian Race by Richard A. Daly. Um, and it's it's just about you know being inspired to. Get close to God um, and to run the race, of course, there's that classic verse, you know, let's uh, run the race of endurance um, as we are Christians and we're heading down, you know, closer and closer to Jesus' second coming. This is an amazing book that will inspire you to do so. So, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, of course, if you know what the answer to hey, hey, Lawson, the quiz is. What's that up? book over there about hell? What's that one? It's called Judgment and Hell. Can we do that one for the uh, giveaway at the end of the show? Yeah, we fully can. I thought it would be appropriate today. Why? It's Halloween. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to start talking about the smoke again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's Halloween. Okay, I am yeah, going to talk about Halloween in a minute. Oh, awesome. And I just thought, yeah, I'm like, I was just looking yeah. across there and like, that kind of, kind of relates to the theme here. So that's a bit of pre-promotion. If you listen Absolutely. right to the end of the show, we'll give you the opportunity to win a book called Judgment, Judgment in Hell. Hell. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a pretty full-on book right there. <laughs> All right. Okay, what have you got for us, Lawson? In, okay. Uh, positively different news this morning. Lyle. Yes. Would you consider yourself good at anything? Um, uh, bit of a jack of all <laughs> trades, master of none. Oh yeah. So you would say like you're you're relatively well versed in a lot of things, but not very good at <laughs> oh, one particular thing. <laughs> at one particular thing. Well, okay. that's what, that's, 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 some people would, would probably differ with me on that, but mm. that's how I would sort of. Uh, yeah. But would you a jack of many trades and a master of none? There are some things that I will never do. Mm-hmm. Oh, fully. Like like anyone, you know, yeah. like like I think um, would never give childbirth. Yeah, we'll skip that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Anyways, moving on. Anyways, okay, so you say, but but think a bit deeper. Would you consider yourself to maybe be like top 1% at something, or the one of the best in the world at something, at one particular thing? Oh, when you talk about the top 1%, there's probably a lot of things that I fit into in that category. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually not. <laughs> not in the top 1%. Okay, well, I just, I come across this article this morning that I just thought was amazing. There's a guy, his name is David Rush. He's 34 years old. He's from the States and he has 129 Guinness World Records to his name. What? That he is. is a, that, does he, is he the Guinness World Record holder of Guinness World Records? I think he is. 
He, um, he, which I don't think they can give you as that as a Guinness World Record because then they'll give you another Guinness World Record and then that would be another record. So then you get another <laughs> record for having another Guinness World Record. Yeah, okay. But, um, this guy, David Rush, basically at 34 years old, over the last four years since he was 29, just took up the hobby of he just wanted to beat world records. And where that started for him was juggling. So he was okay. like, oh, I want to be like a really good juggler. So he was like practicing his juggling. He's like, I reckon I could do this well enough to, to, to set a Guinness World Record. And so his first Guinness World Record came when he like juggled for the longest time while blindfolded. Which was about, I think he, it says here that he, he was like, it was like six minutes of juggling while blindfolded. And he broke the Guinness World Record with that. So then it, that led him to more juggling records. He's like, so then he beat the record for the fastest 800 meters while juggling. And then he, you know, just started setting all these juggling related records because that was just like, you know, the thing that he wanted to do. But then all of a sudden, he realized, hey, why don't I just try and beat a bunch of other world records? And so, he's branched out from juggling into such world records as the farthest thrown tortilla, um, the farthest distance to blow a pee in one breath, <laughs> the fastest half marathon while skipping, um, and, and yeah, the list just goes... That's pretty impressive. It's pretty random. A half marathon while skipping, like as in using a skipping rope and running a half marathon, it took him two hours and 13 minutes, which is super impressive. And yeah, so he's just like out here just smashing few, like all these Guinness World Records and just like, yeah. Maybe we should smash a world record at something. Yeah, we should We should come up with a really, really niche world I wonder record. What the, I wonder what the world record is for radio hosting. I'm pretty sure that we're nowhere near any of those world records. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna give that one a skip. I don't like ones. I don't like world records that involve sleep deprivation mm. or time in general. You want you want a world record which you can just smash out right now. Yeah, six minutes of blindfolded juggling, and you know, six minutes later you're done. Yeah, yeah bam! Won. Like you, you good. That that actually reminds me of the classic back in the day. There was a Nitro Circus episode where they were like, "Oh yeah, let's try and break as many world records as we can in one day." And they're all motorbike related until they got to the end, and they were like, "Oh well, let's just come up with world records." And so they did like the most one-handed claps in a minute, and like you know, just like random stuff like that. But yeah, I just I just think it's awesome. I'm like you know. <laughs> like it's kind of kind of hollow though. Like if you just came up with world records yep. to set, but <laughs> I just I just it's want a, one it's of those. It's a bit meaningless unless you get in the Guinness World Record book. Yeah, of course. And of course, most of them are not in there. But I just want that plaque. You know, the classic Guinness World Record plaque that they give to people who set world records. I'm like, I want one of those. Okay, on okay, okay, okay. Getting back to our story, what I want to know is what is positively different about this oh that the guy i think i think it's just cool that the guy has said oh man i want to be positively the best at a bunch of random things and just taking it up as a hobby just being humans are the, amazing the, yeah they truly are <laughs> um yeah he just wants to do stuff and it's like sweet anyways i just i wanted to move on to my next story which i have a little bit less time to talk about than i thought i would um but it's about waking up in the morning and the things we do waking up in the morning. And I found here it was... Groan. 
Um, Not necessarily waking up in the morning, but like our morning rituals and what people consider the most essential things to do um, from a statistic standpoint, from from a poll. And it's actually one of the rising things. They've done this survey a couple of times. And one of the things that's actually rising up the ranks as something that people find essential to do in the morning amongst is, you know, exercise and having breakfast and watching the news and whatnot. One of the things that's right near the top is meditation and I, I, I found that particularly interesting because the Bible uh, not the Bible so this sorry this study doesn't really get into whether that meditation is prayer or whether it's you know because this was a this was a survey done in the states which is a relatively Christian country and you could pick different areas to focus on for a control group and you'd get all different kind of answers and this one this particular survey doesn't say really anything about any kind of Christian things but then it's got meditation and like 36 percent of people find that that's like one of the most essential things to start their morning with and so the thought that came to me was like oh is that meditation involving prayer and then I, I just thought for my Myself, I was like, okay, well, what, what do I find essential in the morning? And it's for me, it's as soon as I open my eyes, I have to go into prayer. Like that's that's what I have to do. And I was like, oh, there, yeah. And I guess the researchers would probably consider that to be in the same category as meditation. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's interesting, of course, when we look at because Christian meditation is very very different from yeah, like that's transcendental meditation. Yeah, exactly. It has a very very vastly different effect you know, even physical effect on the body. Mm-hmm. Fully. Of course, with transcendental uh, meditation, we're talking about the idea of, of you know, looking inwards to become more enlightened, whereas Christian prayer and meditation is looking outwards to the source of knowledge, that is God, to to go to Him. So I think... Yeah, emptying your mind versus filling your mind, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I think ultimately... What do we need to do in the morning? Well, we need to get close to God. Absolutely. That's start where with, we need to be. Start with prayer. And then you need to turn on our show and listen to us speak. Amen. Having prayed. <laughs> Having prayed. This is Randy Travis with Nothing But The Blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus, what can make me whole again, nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow, no other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, 
is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That was Randy Travis with Nothing But The Blood Of Jesus. You're listening to Faith FM, and we are about to have another clue for our quiz. What have you got for us there, Lawson? All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. You ready? So we know this person, they lived in the Valley of Sorek. Mm-hmm. And also, the only place you can read about me, well, this person is in the 16th chapter of Judges. Oh, the gears are turning. Okay, so I'm going to circle one of the names I've already written down. Oh, you don't know who it guesses. is, Lyle. A few guesses. Come on. And he's looking at it, looking at it, but he can't read my handwriting because my right hand is kind of broken <laughs> at the moment. You got it correct anyway. So Lyle knows the answer. So no double prizes up for grabs today. But of course, if you know who it is, if you just want to head to the 16th chapter of Judges and find out who it is, give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you'll get the amazing book, The Christian Race, completely for free. All right, Lyle. What's happening around the world? Halloween. Oh, yeah, true. It's October 31st today. Are you going trick-or-treating this evening, Lawson? No. Okay. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can get up early enough in the morning to the breakfast show, right? To come and do radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we, we need to talk about Halloween. It's a somewhat controversial subject. Hmm. Um, it is very popular in Australia. It has become so in the last uh, probably 20 years or so, 25 years. I remember when I went to the United States in 1992, I had never, ever, ever seen Halloween in my life before I came back hmm. two years later. And Halloween was all over Australia. And I would say there's probably a lot of Australians who grew up in a similar environment. Um, Of course, you have many Christians who are vehemently opposed to Halloween. And you've got other Christians who just embrace Halloween. And of course, for uh, some of your major religions, like uh, say, for instance, the Roman Catholic Church, Halloween is an incredibly important part of the church calendar. Okay, so why all the controversy over Halloween? What is the origin of Halloween? Where does it come from? Why does it exist? Okay, so the first thing that we need to notice is that um, Halloween, the word Halloween comes from Hallows Even or All Hallows Even. Now, Hallows are those who are holy, so the holies even. That's the that's where the word comes from. The holies were considered to be the saints and the martyrs. And so 1st of November is the celebration of the saints and the martyrs who have died. And um, the evening before that is the holy person's evening. Mm -hmm. Now, what is interesting is that it is actually quite traditional uh, throughout Christianity. And you'll find this in many parts of uh, particularly European Christianity, is that whenever there is a major church festival, it is celebrated the evening before. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if Mon was here, she would tell the story about how, you know, being German, her family celebrates Christmas on Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. Which is weird. But do you know where that originates from? Where? 
it originates from the Christian, um, the Judeo-Christian way of calculating the day. Oh, yeah, fully. The day was calculated from evening to evening, from sunset to sunset. The Sabbath is to be kept from sunset to sunset. Mm. And while they changed uh, the time of the Sabbath from sunset to sunset to midnight to midnight, in around about the third century, uh, with the other church festivals, they left them from evening to evening. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of contradictory in many ways, but needless to say, that is what actually takes place. Now, the Roman Catholic Church, as it um, evolved and came into being, had a very uh, distinct policy of Christianizing anything that was pagan. So Mm. if there was a pagan god, they would rename that god and give them a saint's name, but they would retain all of the same characteristics and so forth. If there was a pagan festival, they would take that pagan festival and rename it and uh, repurpose it to Christian purposes. And so the question is, and of course Halloween comes from the the Celtic uh, festival of Samhain, which took place... um, 31st of uh, October, 1st of November, and we'll talk a little bit about that in just a moment. But the big question is this, Lawson. Mm -hmm. Do we as Christians reject Halloween and have nothing to do with it because of its pagan origin? He's thinking. That's a good question. I would say... If okay, so this is like this, this trying to be diplomatic go, here, right? Because like, oh. if I if I say yes, mm. if I say yes, well then we wouldn't celebrate Christmas either. Okay, all right. But then if I say no, well then there's the obvious, you know. Why kind don't of, why don't you why don't you celebrate Halloween? Yeah, if you have Christmas, why do you not have Halloween? Exactly. But then, there's a, <laughs> of course, we, we, you know, then there's like, what is the context of Halloween today sure. versus what is the context of Christmas today? Okay. And there are a number of uh, um, important reasons why I choose not to celebrate Halloween. And, and, and I'll work through those while I do choose to celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a number of uh, important differences between the two. First of all, we need to have, we need to ask ourselves the question, does pagan origin make something pagan? In other words, just because it originated in paganism, does that then mean that it is infected with paganism and cannot be disinfected from paganism? Mm. And Paul has a whole chapter in the Bible where he actually addresses this issue. You'll find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and it's all about the issue of food offered to idols. And he very, very clearly makes a very strong case that just because something has a pagan origin does not mean that that thing is infected with paganism. Mm. In other words, if you partake of it, you are not partaking of the pagan practice. It is the practice of paganism. It is the worship of pagan gods that is the issue. And so if we were to remove everything from our lives, because I have some people come to me and say, oh, you can't have Christmas because it has a pagan origin. I say, well, it does have a pagan origin. There's no question about that. It was kept for you know, millennia before uh, the birth of Christ. As a pagan festival, no one's going to question the pagan origin of of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, But is it used as a pagan festival today? Well, no, of course not. It is a Christian festival today. If you are going to get rid of everything, and if you're going to be consistent, it's like, okay, I'm going to have nothing that has anything to do with any kind of pagan origin. 
you're going to be trimming a lot of stuff out of your life, beginning with the hours of the day. Yeah. You cannot use the 24-hour system of the day, made up of four parts of six, Mm -hmm. six being a sacred number to the pagans, uh, four symbolizing the four divisions of, uh, you know, uh, the universe that you have in witchcraft and so Uh forth. Next, you're going to have to get rid of the names of the days of the week. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can't have Sun's Day, Moon's Day, Thor's Day, Woden's Day, I'm getting them out of Frigg's Day, Saturn's <laughs> Day, etc. Okay, you're going to have to go with first day, second day, third day, fourth day. I did meet somebody once who decided he was going to actually do this. That's it was, amazing. It was, um, yeah, anyway. Next, you're going to have to get rid of, which is not so hard... You're going to say the imperial system? The imperial system in Australia. But if you live in the United States or Britain or I think Angola, I think there's one other country somewhere that has the imperial system of measurement, then that's going to be trouble trouble for you because the imperial system of measurement is based around the number six and divisions of four around the number six, Mm -hmm. um, which comes from rank paganism. And of course, you're going to have to get rid of uh, Christmas and Easter, and so and you know the list just goes on and on and on. We, we we could talk about this all morning. Okay, just because something has a pagan origin does not mean that it is going to infect you with paganism if you partake of it. Having said that, I choose to have nothing to do with um, Halloween because the Christianized version of Halloween is that this is a day of celebration of the saints and the martyrs. And if you look at the Christian use of it, it was seen as a day when, you know, the portal between the spirit world and the physical world became very, very thin. And souls who were traveling from purgatory to heaven, um, they'd spend enough time in purgatory, would stop for one last night of celebration here on this earth. Mm. And as a result... The Christian version of Halloween is spiritualism. It is all about the concept of the immortality of the soul. Mm -hmm. The Christian version of Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. I believe in the birth of Jesus. The Christian version of Easter is all about the death of Jesus. I believe in the death of Jesus. The Christian version of Halloween is based around purgatory and the immortality of the soul. The Bible does not teach purgatory and the Bible does not teach the immortality of the soul. Therefore, I have nothing to do with Halloween. However, we do need to ask ourselves the question, what should Christians who do not believe in Halloween do at Halloween time? Do we close our curtains, shut off our lights and ignore the event. Lawson is vigorously nodding no, his head. No, I'm not, Lyle. Stop vig- calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> vigorously nodding his head like, yes, I am the Grinch. Or the, what the, what is the, 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 the one that doesn't give stuff away. I mean, yeah. It's the Grinch. That's the Grinch. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not so much up on this stuff. Anyway, um, I believe not. Because Halloween is a unique time of year. It is the only time of year when, as a Christian, your uh, neighbors and friends and relatives and people all up and down the street are going to come and knock on your door. As Christians, we go and knock on people's door to share Jesus. Mm-hmm. Halloween is a gift for Christians because you don't have to do anything. They're all going to come and knock on your door. Yeah. So open your curtains, switch your lights on, um, get some uh, slightly healthier sweet treats. 
uh, to give away <laughs> some <apples>. and some <laughs> toys and some some green apples, um, no, and some toys and you know maybe something with a uh, a small book with a you know a children's book with a positive message in it, and let's turn something that is a celebration of all things negative mm-hmm. and a celebration of spiritualism into something that is positive. Amen. Those are my thoughts on Halloween. You can agree or disagree, and by doing so, well, if you want to do so, our number is 1-800-324-843. We would love to hear from you. Everybody, you listen to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. And joining me in the studio this morning for our weekly regular mental health update is David Stojic. Um, today, we're going to be talking about something very close to your heart uh, as we get into you know mental health, and more specifically. Uh, the topic of depression. Now, David, you regularly run Dr. Neil Nedley's Depression and Anxiety Program. How many of these programs have you run in Newcastle so far? So I've been here in the Newcastle area for this is my sixth year. 
And so every year we, we run a, a new number of sessions, uh, like number of programs, actually. And uh, I just kind of try to do a mental count of how many we have done. We've done 16 to 18 depression and recovery programs. That's sensational. Uh, that's, in, that's in just six years. That's right. Well, five and a half. So wow. Say. And so, so each one of these programs goes for nine weeks. Um, there is a, an information uh, session uh, where we actually explain to people what the program is all about. And, and then there, there is eight weeks of, of uh, programs, once a week, of course, to our session. How many hours have you put into presentations on, <laughs> on this subject? So, so again, uh, somewhere between 140 and 162 hour sessions. So, so 300, 400 hours just in delivery, plus um, you know a lot of preparation and, and talking with people. So, uh, so before and after and supporting people. So. Uh, hundreds of hours, uh, Lyle. That's very significant. Uh, and hundreds of hours that I believe have been ve- very well spent because that issue of mental health is, is huge. Oh, um, yeah, massive. And now, now, as a pastor, <laughs> you know, as a pastor, why do I have passion for mental health? Uh, because I really believe that, that God wants us to be holistically well in our body, in our mind, in our spirit, I'm also a counselor, as, as you know, and it's probably our, our listeners know because I deal from that with people and help people from that perspective. But going back to the biblical, scriptural foundation, uh, Christ wants to give us abundant life, good life in every, in every way. Uh, uh, Apostle John is praying that everything will be well, not, not just with, with, our, with our body, but with our soul which obviously implies and includes our emotions and our mental health. And then in Romans 12 and verse 2, we find this, this verse that I would like to just read. And I'll read that from the NIV. Uh, Apostle Paul says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, Pleasing and perfect will. So, uh, a great text that I'm sure you, you you use many times yourself, and 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 that the context is very very spiritual. It talks about the change that God brings about in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, when God comes into our life, the Holy Spirit changes the way we think, mm. renews our mind, which in turn changes everything: the way we feel, the way we act. The way we live, it's a completely new way of living, a new pattern, as the Bible puts it. So, in the in the context of our topic, mental health, instead of being hopeless, negative, anxious, and downhearted, we become hopeful, positive, uh, fearless, and upbeat. And and that's the purpose of actually my running of those depression and anxiety recovery program to to give people that opportunity, Lyle, mm. to to experience that better life that integrates and includes God in mm. their life. No, that's fantastic. And you know, when I think about that verse, that that's really a promise right there. You know that, that that Christ can can 
um, transform our mind, renew our mind, I think there would be a lot of our listeners right now who would really appreciate that verse and be saying, you know what, I need my mind to be transformed. That's right. And so that's really what we're going to be talking about, you know, how does that actually happen as, you know, we work on these issues of mental health. And the reason that I know this is because, you know, mental health is such a massive issue here in this country. We call Australia the lucky country. And in many ways it is, but in many ways it isn't. Uh, 45% of of people in Australia will experience a mental health condition just in their lifetime. And, you know, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, uh, we currently have 3 million Australians living with depression or anxiety. Um, That's an average of around 1 in 6 women or 1 in 8 men who experience some level of depression. And, you know, really the extent of this problem is not fully known because men are much less likely to seek help than women um, with, you know, only one in four men who experience anxiety or depression actually look for treatment. David, what's the cause or what are the causes of poor mental health? Well, uh, Lyle, that, that's, that's a really a good question. Uh, and this morning I would like to talk about Dr. Neil Nedley, depression hit hypothesis. Uh, Dr. Nedley, for those who may not know him, he, you can see him on YouTube. And, oh, yes, very famous. Uh, yeah, he speaks on many topics, including emotional intelligence and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and depression and anxiety. So Dr. Nedley uh, is and has been practicing as, as a doctor of internal medicine. But he noticed that actually a number of patients or people would present would come and, and, and they, would, they would have symptoms for which he could not find any physical causes. And, and, and then uh, it's at that stage that Dr. Nedley, instead of just giving them, prescribing them medication, saying, well, you know, you got this, this problem, here is a pill, you know, uh, try it and come back to me and see how you go. He actually took, uh, he started to take particular interest in people's mental health. And so he wrote a number of books, including Depression, The Way Out, The Lost Art of Thinking, uh, a number of other books. Uh, He developed a depression anxiety recovery program, which we run here in Newcastle. Uh, and and in many people, uh, many places in Australia mm. and across the world, we run out in, out in Maitland. Absolutely, and I just would like to say, talking about Dr. Neil Nedley, and talking about this context of his program, in 2016, Dr. Neil Nedley published an article in American Journal of Lifestyle Medicine under the title uh, "Dr. Nedley Depression Hit Hypothesis: Identifying Depression and Its Causes." Okay, that sounds very, very interesting. Um, what did he actually find out? All right, that's, 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 that's basically what this conversation this morning probably should be all about. So in his research, he found many, I, I think more than 100 uh, different causes uh, of depression. And who is he? so he started to categorize them and put them in, in groups and clusters. And he found 10 groups which became known as 10 hits. So according to his hypothesis, an average human brain can cope with three to four hits, and we'll learn what they are in a moment, uh, before our brain caves in and people can get depressed. Okay, so um, these 10 hits, we're going to come back in just a moment and talk more about what they are. 
because, yeah, it seems that this is going to be central to our conversation together. So, David, what I'm going to do is going to get you go through the, the actual 10 hits, give us a bit of a definition for each one. That's right. And uh, we'll work our way through from there. However, at this time, we do need to take a break, and we're going to be back right after this song. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? Were you there when they nailed him to a tree? Sometimes I feel like shouting glory. Were you there when they nailed him to a tree? back everybody i'm here with david stojic and he is talking about uh depression this morning particularly depression program that uh, you've got starting this evening um at the warbrook community center um so head along there and get in contact with those guys but uh specifically we were talking about 10 hits in the nedley hypothesis that's right. That was uh, published two years ago in the let me remember the what it was the Amer- american, american journal of lifestyle medicine yes Yes. Okay, what I want us to do, David, is to actually go through these 10 hits and talk about So you've around about 100 or more causes. That's right. But 10 broad categories. That's right. So, so And we can handle like three to four of them. That's right. Our brain can handle three to four simultaneous hits. And, 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 and uh, if it happens simultaneously, more than that, uh, we, we, we cave in. So the first category of, 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 of these hits is genetic hit. And so the research that he focused on was the family history of depression or suicide in, in a first-degree relative. So if there is somebody very close to us uh, who is in our family 
very closely related uh, with the history of depression or maybe suicidal, suicidal. Um, very likely, it's very likely that we may have inherited that genetic pool. Uh, and and, and that's, a, that's basically one hit category. And then, then the second one uh, was developmental hit category, that which, which he kind of entitled developmental hit category. category. So that's kind of as we were growing, what was happening. And so, so, so the research that he did focused on, on early puberty, uh, puberty in girls. So for instance, uh, according to that research, uh, if, if girls would begin menstruation by age 11 or younger, that was kind of one of the hits. And, and I'm just would like to pause to think about it you know some studies have been done uh, relating to basically eating some of the foods mm-hmm. uh, that that are hormone uh, you know so to say um, there is high high kind of degree of hormones in that food or or hormone infused food such like you know certain types of food that I'm not going to mention. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm having mentions. You know, um, but basically, you know, your meats, your chicken, that, and your that, that's, and, that's and, right. uh, so forth that are pumped full of hormones so that they'll grow quicker. And so it's very obvious that that girls are getting younger and younger with with their puberty and their then their menstru- menstruation. So eleven years or younger. That's right. It's hit. Then history of depression in in adolescence. You know, if people have that, uh, uh, people not being uh, raised by both biological parents, that could be one hit. Sexual abuse could be one hit. uh, And being raised or living with someone who is an alcoholic or drug addict. So all that is part of that developmental hit category. As people were growing, you know what was happening to them, and then. The third category of hits, uh, hits uh, was nutrition hit category in his hypothesis, uh, which included if people actually, uh, and actually in his program he calls it the, the most underestimated hit, uh, where, where actually people don't realize how much damage they do to themselves if they're not eating type of foods that actually are good for their brain or if they're, or if they're eating foods that actually are detrimental to their brain. So for instance, Food that is good for our brain, uh, uh, like uh, having food that has tri- uh, tryptophan in it. So tryptophan is 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 found in in things like such as tofu, you know, and 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 so on and so on. Lentils. I think there is folic acid there. Omega three fat intake, low folic acid intake may be a problem. Low vitamin B intake, uh, diet high in in uh, <clears throat> cholesterol. If people eat that type of food, saturated fat. And sugars, uh, you know, and if people actually uh, have uh, uh, marked anorexia and weight loss, so that the old part is is of that nutritional hit category, uh, which which as Dr. Nedley says, it's highly underestimated. And then there is another hit, the fourth hit in the in that among those ten hits, social hit category. Uh, for instance, uh, people who don't have a good social support, they have a hit. And negative or stressful life events, that's another hit. Low social, if people are brought up in a low social class, or actually they live in a low social class where there is no, no, no support. Being raised by grandparents as opposed to parents, lo and behold. you know. And, and if an uh, immediate family member is alcoholic or drug addict, so that all is part of that social hit category. Yeah, sure. Now, I can imagine a lot of people would suffer from uh, that particular hit, um, there's a lot of social disconnectedness in our society. Um, major, major issue for a lot of people. 
it, it truly is uh, um, Lyle. So then, then there is another uh, hit, uh, which 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 Natalie kind of entitled the toxic hit category, and in that hit uh, are, are various toxins that actually we have in our, or could get in our body into our body, high high lead levels, uh, uh, high mercury levels, high arsenic, bismuth. Or other uh, or other toxin levels, uh, or higher risk uh, risk uh, of exposure to these toxins. Basically, that's another hit, really, mm-hmm. uh, toxins. Then there is another one, circadian rhythm hit category. Uh, what that is really is about not sleeping enough or sleeping too much. So, so if people have regular insomnia, and they routinely sleep more than nine hours, that's over the top, or or, or the less than six hours per day, they are probably likely to get this circadian rhythm um, hit. And then, then there is this addiction category that we actually mentioned uh, a little bit before, but in that category is use of alcohol, cigarette, tobacco, uh, heavy caffeine use, recreational drugs, including marijuana, uh, daily use of benzodiaz- benz- benzodiazepines, so these are basically your antidepressants, uh, or chronic narcotic use uh, uh, for more than 30 consecutive days. Just on that one, David, uh, when we're talking about addictions and you're talking about obviously chemical addictions there, what about um, non-chemical addictions like uh, pornography, gambling? Uh, the, the same, the same. same Even yeah. addiction to television, actually. Sure. Uh, so all, all types of addictions can, can really be, be, um, um, be, be hit for us when it comes to, to depression and, and really in the program that that we use and that we run, Dr. Nedley covers those, actually sitting in front of television screen, you know, for, for a prolonged period of time, sitting uh, in front of a device, uh, internet device. All of these things have really, uh, that have addictive behavior, as we spoke in our previous talk about social media, it, you know, it's... it's, it's um, and sugar? Sugar, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, sugar is, is uh, uh, addictive. Uh, we are actually currently running a diabetic health clinic to help people uh, overcome their sugar addiction. But sugar is not only the, the, the actually uh, the white substance that we use to, to sweeten our, or our tea or something. Sugar can be hidden in a lot of other things. So it's a big one. Mm. Uh, about so, for instance, our daily intake in Australia is about sixty grams of free sugars, uh, or fourteen teaspoons of white sugar every day, and and then we stop eating sugar, we definitely go to withdrawals. So uh, people can get a bit uh, a bit depressed with, with that as well. And then and then there is lifestyle category, uh, lifestyle hit category, uh, not uh, on a regular, uh, not exercising on a regular basis. Uh, not ex- exposure to 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 daylight, uh, you know, and sunshine and so on and so on. Not exercising, like thirty minutes a day or, or at least or something like that. Not breathing fresh air. All of these things can be hits. Yeah, big big issue for uh, radio hosts to uh, sit down for their job. <laughs> um, and I've heard that you know some of these sedentary jobs are as bad as and as harmful as smoking. That's right. They say sitting is a new, a new smoking. <laughs> so it's lack of exercise that can contribute, uh, certainly is a con- contributing factor to, to a lot of lifestyle diseases. Okay, the final two hits, according to Dr. Nedley, in our last 
60 seconds. Okay, so medical heat conditions, hepatitis, other other things, diabetes, terminal cancer, other 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 medical conditions, and then frontal lobe heat category, uh, um, uh, uh, basically uh, being on low carbohydrate diet, on high meat or high cheese diet, or eating lots of rich food, entertainment, television. Uh, entertainment internet that's where basically you're coming into something that is addictive and so on and so on yeah you read through that list and it's not hard to uh, put yourself into three or more categories there you know i'm just sort of working my way down through and making some some ticks and crosses um on various ones to see how many hits i'm getting and it would not take much to to bump it up into a dangerous level that's right um can any of these be reversed only two first one, uh, based on Dr. Nedley's research, cannot, which is uh, genetics, whatever we inherited, we inherited. Mm-hmm. And developmental, we cannot go back in the past and change what, what happened to us. But it's interesting, there is a concept of epigenetics. If our lifestyle is good, we actually can shut down or close those genes uh, you know, that can cause us to get depressed. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Hey, I'm Matt from Warrigal's Seventh-day Adventist Youth. We meet every Saturday morning at 10am for an open discussion about Bible topics concerning our youth today. We're open to everyone wanting to join us, and we'd love to see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. From whom all blessings flow Praise Him, all creatures here below Praise Him above the heavenly host Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost Praise Father, Son. 